Welcome to the Chinese Lore Podcast, where I retell classic Chinese stories in English. This is episode 21 of Investiture of the Gods. Last time, we covered how Ji Chang, the Grand Duke of the West, received his freedom from house arrest after seven years, and then we watched him get right back on the king's most wanted list by fleeing the Shang capital. Ji Chang soon found himself trapped between a pursuing party and a checkpoint on the road home. But, just as things were looking dire, he suddenly encountered a demonic-looking winged creature who called him father. Turns out, this was Thunderbolt, the baby boy that he had adopted seven years ago on his way to the capital. But how did that baby turn into this thing? Well, when we last saw baby Thunderbolt, he had been left in the care of Master of the Clouds, a Taoist master from the Chan sect. The priest took the baby back to his cave and raised him as a disciple. Seven years went by in a flash, and one day, Master of the Clouds did a little calculation with his fingers and knew that the moment had come. The Grand Duke of the West has completed his term of suffering, but he is about to encounter danger, Master of the Clouds thought to himself. This is the time for him to be reunited with his son. So, he summoned his acolyte and told him to go fetch Thunderbolt from the peach orchard in the back, Momentarily, Thunderbolt arrived and kneeled to ask his master what was up. My disciple, Master of the Clouds said, your father is in peril, you may go rescue him. Who is my father? Thunderbolt asked, because apparently that question never came up in the last seven years. Your father is Ji Chang, Grand Duke of the West, his master informed him. He is in danger near Tong Pass, you may go to the foot of Tiger Cub Cliff to find a weapon, and I will teach you how to wield it so that you may rescue your father. Today is the day that you will be reunited with him, and you will see him again in the future. Thunderbolt followed his master's command and went to the foot of Tiger Cub Cliff. He looked all around, but could not find anything that resembled a weapon. He was just about to head back to the cave to ask for more directions, but suddenly, he was struck with an exotic fragrance so strong that it seemed to penetrate his innards. He searched around for the source of this fragrance, and it led him to a babbling brook running down a hillside of exquisite beauty. The slope was lush with vine-covered pine and cypress trees, and bamboo that swayed in the breeze. Foxes and hare ran freely, while deer and cranes wandered among the trees. Fairy mushrooms peeped out from behind green grass, and tree branches bowed low under the weight of juicy plums. Thunderbolt was soaking up this idyllic scene when he suddenly noticed two red apricots among the green leaves. Delighted, he climbed up the tree by the vines and plucked both apricots. He sniffed them and was hit with a smell as lovely as sweet dew. There are two red apricots here, he thought to himself. Let me eat one and bring the other to my master. So he quickly devoured one of the apricots, and it was so delicious that he couldn't help but take a bite out of the second one as well. Oops, well, since I've already taken a bite out of this one, I might as well eat it too, he said to himself, so he promptly devoured the second apricot. His appetite sated, Thunderbolt resumed his search for a weapon, but suddenly, with a loud sound, a giant wing sprouted from his left armpit. It was so long that it dragged on the ground. Thunderbolt was scared out of his mind. Ah, crap, he yelled as he grabbed the wing with both hands and tried to tear it off. But just then, a second wing sprouted from his right armpit. He was so stunned that he just sat there on the ground. 
But that wasn't the end of it. Not only did he sprout wings, but he could also feel his face transforming as well. His nose protruded, his face turned blue, his hair became red, his eyes broadened, and his teeth stuck out from his mouth. His body also changed as he morphed into a tall figure. Thunderbolt was dazed and confused. Just then, the young acolyte who served Master of the Clouds came upon him and shouted, Brother, our master's calling for you. Brother, look at me. Something is happening to me. Thunderbolt shouted back. What happened? Master told me to come here to find a weapon to save my father. I couldn't find any weapons, but I did find two red apricots. I ate them, and now my face has turned blue, my hair has turned red, my teeth are protruding, and I have two wings. How can I go see my master like this? Well, you have to go. Master's waiting for you, the young acolyte pressed him. So Thunderbolt had no choice but to start walking awkwardly, dragging his giant wings behind him like the loser of a cockfight. He stumbled back to his master's cave, and Master of the Clouds couldn't help but say, How strange! Pointing to Thunderbolt, Master of the Clouds now uttered these lines. Two red apricots to pacify the realm, one golden cudgel to anchor heaven and earth, two wings to raise the ancestors, a thousand transformations for posterity. Nine continents your golden bell-like eyes shall see, three-inch-long hair, purple it shall be. Divine magic will make you immortal, honing a heavenly body that shall never faint. Master of the Clouds now told Thunderbolt to follow him to the peach orchard. There, the priest gave Thunderbolt a golden cudgel. Thunderbolt quickly learned to whirl it until it whistled like the wind, to advance and retreat like a darting serpent, to turn like a savage tiger, and to rise like a dragon from the sea. When it whirled, the cudgel filled the air with bright light, and it left trails that resembled beautiful brocades and dancing flowers. Once he was satisfied that Thunderbolt had learned to wield the cudgel, Master of the Clouds cast a wind spell on his left wing and a thunder spell on his right. When he uttered an incantation, Thunderbolt suddenly took to the sky with his wings spread wide. When they flapped, it sounded like wind and thunder passing overhead. When he landed, Thunderbolt kneeled to his master and said, Master, you possess divine knowledge. You have bestowed great kindness on me in sharing this with me so that I can save my father. Oh, and also, the wings are really awesome, but can I pass on the protruding nose and teeth or... Oh, it's a package deal, huh? Okay, just thought I'd ask. At least it's not hands growing out of my eye sockets. Hurry to Tong Pass and rescue your father, the Grand Duke of the West, his master told him. Then, hurry back here without delay. Once you have seen your father safely through the five checkpoints, you must not accompany him back to Western Qi. You also must not harm the king's soldiers. Once you have accomplished your task, come back, and I will instruct you further in the ways of the Tao. Eventually, you will get to reunite with your brothers. Go on now. So Thunderbolt left the cave and took to the sky. Before long, he approached Tong Pass and landed on a hilltop. Soon, he spotted his father and called out to him, leading to the surprised family reunion. Once Ji Chang heard his backstory, he was taken aback. I am a fugitive, so I have already offended the court, he thought to himself. And now this son doesn't look like the gentle sort. If he goes to fight the pursuing soldiers, he will likely kill them all, and that would add to my crime. Let me convince him to not take any lives. Thunderbolt, you must not harm the king's men, Ji Chang said to his son. They are coming on the king's command. 
I am a fugitive who has disobeyed his majesty's orders. In fleeing home, I have betrayed his immense kindness. If you harm any officers of the court, you will be harming me instead of saving me. My master also instructed me to not harm any of the king's soldiers, Thunderbolt reassured him. I am supposed to only protect you through the five checkpoints. I will convince the pursuers to turn back. As they were talking, the pursuing army of 3,000 drew near with banners flapping and gongs and drums rolling. Thunderbolt gave his wings a flap and took to the sky again with cudgel in hand. When he took off, the force was so great that it startled Ji Chang and knocked him backward onto the ground. The soldiers led by the officers Yin Puobai and Lei Kai were in the heat of pursuit when suddenly they saw a figure descend from the heavens with a superhero landing right in their path. Thunderbolt raised his golden cudgel and shouted, Stop where you are! The soldiers looked up and saw this ferocious-looking creature blocking their way. They quickly reported this to their commanders, and the two generals rode forward. Mustering their courage, they shouted, Who are you? How dare you block our way? I am Thunderbolt, the 100th son of the Grand Duke of the West. My father is a gentleman and a virtuous man. He is filial and trustworthy, not to mention an honorable official who treats the people with courtesy and deals with affairs of the realm with propriety. He has abided by the laws and fulfilled his duties as an official. Even though he was imprisoned unjustly for seven years, he never held a grudge. Since he has been released, why do you now pursue him? Such a change of heart is unbefitting a king. So I have come on my master's instructions to reunite with my father and escort him back to his state. You should turn around and go home. Don't be foolhardy. My master instructed me to not take any lives, so I'm going to let you all go. But Yin Puobai, for whatever reason, was taking this tall, winged, ferocious-looking creature lightly. He scoffed and said, You ugly scoundrel! How dare you disrespect me and my troops with your boasting! As he spoke, he rode toward Thunderbolt and raised his saber. Thunderbolt easily parried his blow with the cudgel and said, Stop it! If you really want to fight it out with me, I'm game, but I cannot go against my father and my master's command. So... Let me just show you a thing or two. Thunderbolt now shot into the air until he was looking down at the peaks of the mountains. He saw a crag on a nearby mountain and he shouted to the soldiers, Watch me! As he spoke, he brought his cudgel down on the crag and with a loud boom, half of the crag crumbled. Thunderbolt now did another superhero landing and asked the two officers, Are your heads harder than that mountain? Okay, point taken. The two generals were scared out of their minds by that little display, and they quickly said, Thunderbolt, we'll listen to you and go back to the capital for now, and allow your father to go home. They then quickly turned their army around and rode away. When Thunderbolt returned to the top of the hill where Ji Chang was waiting, he found his father shocked and dazed by what he had just witnessed. Father, by your command, I have turned away the pursuing army, Thunderbolt said. Per your instructions, I convinced Yin Puobai and Lei Kai to turn around and go home. And now, I'm going to escort you through the five checkpoints. Oh, but I have the military tallies with me, Ji Chang said. I must show them at the checkpoints before I can pass. No need for that, Thunderbolt said. If we went that route, it would delay your return. Besides, things have become urgent, and your pursuers might come back. 
let me carry you on my back and fly over the five checkpoints so as to avoid any complications. That's fine, but what about my horse? Ji Chang asked. Let's just worry about getting you across. The horse is of no concern. No, this horse has followed me through thick and thin for seven years. How can I abandon him today? But with things as they are, there's no choice, Thunderbolt said. Otherwise, you would be missing the forest for the trees. Seeing the logic in his son's words, Ji Chang had no choice but to pat his horse on the back and sigh. My horse, it's not that I'm uncaring, but if I don't leave you behind and escape through the checkpoints, my life would be in danger if the pursuers came back. I take my leave of you today. You may go seek another good master. As he was weeping over his horse, Thunderbolt was getting impatient. Father, hurry up! We can't stay here long, he pressed. Okay, but be careful when you carry me on your back, Ji Chang said as he climbed onto his son's back and shut his eyes tight. Momentarily, he felt the wind blowing past him, and before he knew it, he was standing on solid ground again, and he could hear Thunderbolt say, Father, we have passed the five checkpoints. Ji Chang opened his eyes and saw that he was indeed on the other side of the five checkpoints. He was standing atop Golden Rooster Peak. My son, it's all thanks to you that I am on my home soil again, he rejoiced. Father, take care on your journey. I must take my leave of you, Thunderbolt said. But my son, why do you abandon me midway? A surprised Ji Chang asked. My master instructed me that I can only help you across the five checkpoints. After that, I must return to his cave at once. I do not dare to disobey him. Father, you go on back to your state for now. In the near future, once I have completed my training, I will return to pay my respects. Thunderbolt now kowtowed to Ji Chang, who bid him a teary goodbye. Once Thunderbolt took off, Ji Chang found himself alone and horseless. He traveled on foot for a day, but at his advanced age, it was hard trekking. As dusk approached, he saw an inn and stayed there for the night. The next day, as he was preparing to disembark, he realized that he was also penniless when the clerk at the inn demanded money for the lodging and the food. I don't have any money with me, Ji Chang tried to explain. Please keep a tab for now. Once I get to my destination in Western Qi, I will send someone to deliver it, with interest. But the clerk got mad. This is not like other places, he said. In Western Qi, you can't cheat people. Our Grand Duke teaches us honor and benevolence. We yield to each other when passing in the streets, and we do not pick up anything that doesn't belong to us. Even our dogs do not bark at night. Our people enjoy peace and prosperity, and all is just. So hurry up and show me the money. Only then will you be allowed to go. Otherwise, we'll take you to Western Qi to face the judgment of Minister San Yisheng. It will be too late for regrets then. I will not break my word, Ji Chang tried to reassure him. The innkeeper now came out to see what all the squabbling was about. The clerk told him what happened. Sizing up Ji Chang, the innkeeper saw that despite his advanced age, he had an uncommon spirit about him. What are you doing here in Western Qi? The innkeeper asked Ji Chang. Why don't you have any travel money? I don't even know you, so how can I start a tab? We must sort this out before I can let you go. Sir, I am none other than the Grand Duke of the West, Ji Chang said. I was imprisoned in Yoli for seven years, but was pardoned and allowed to return home. My son Thunderbolt rescued me and flew me over the five passes. That's why I don't have any money on me. Let me owe you for a couple days. 
When I reach Western Qi, I will send an official to come deliver the payment. I will not let you down. So, if some rando who owes me money claimed to be the ruler of the region and that he didn't have any money on him because some non-present son named uh, Thunderbolt flew him here, I would be just a tad skeptical, to say the least. But this innkeeper was the trusting sort, because I guess nobody lies in this paradise on earth. When he heard what Ji Chang had said, he fell to his knees and declared, My lord, pardon me for not recognizing you and welcoming you properly. Please sit down and receive my wine, and I will escort you back home. Now that that's taken care of, Ji Chang asked the innkeeper for his name, and then asked to borrow a horse for the rest of the journey. But the innkeeper said, I am but a small-time businessman. How would I have a horse? I only have a donkey that I use to pull the mill. Let me prepare the saddle, and you can borrow it for your trip, and I shall accompany you myself. Ji Chang was delighted so he and the innkeeper left Golden Rooster Peak and traversed First Sun Mountain. It was now late autumn. As they traveled, a chilly wind blew and leaves fell from the trees. The maples were turning red and birds chirped sadly at the onset of cold weather. Ji Chang had been away from his native land for seven years and this desolate autumn landscape made him homesick as he longed for the comfort of his family and for the happy reunion with his mother and wife. Meanwhile, in the western Qi capital, Ji Chang's mother was sitting in the palace, missing her son when suddenly, three gusts of wind blew through her chamber, carrying with them what sounded like roars. She immediately lit some incense on behalf of her son and cast a divination with a gold coin. She was ecstatic at the results and immediately told all her grandchildren and the court officials that their lord was already back in his home territory and that they should go welcome him. Word spread quickly, and soon, all the people of the region were lining the roadside with wine, sheep, and incense in tow. All the officials and princes were dressed in red as they awaited Ji Chang's return. Back on the road, Ji Chang was traveling with the innkeeper. As he traversed familiar terrain, he couldn't help but feel melancholy. He thought to himself, I suffered a calamity when I entered the Shang capital. Fortunately, I made it back, but it's been seven years. The green mountains are still here, but the faces of the people have changed. Just as he was lamenting the passage of time, he saw two red banners waving up ahead, accompanied by the blast of an explosive, after which an army appeared. Ji Chang was taken aback, unsure if these were friends or foes. But soon, he saw General Nan Gong Kuo on the left and Minister San Yisheng on the right, leading all the court officials as they kneeled by the side of the road. His second son, Ji Fa, now approached, kneeled in front of Ji Chang's donkey, and said, Father, you were detained for a long time in a foreign land. As your son, I could not help you shoulder your troubles. I have given offense to heaven and earth. I hope you can forgive me. I am most gratified to see you again. Seeing this huge welcome party, Ji Chang couldn't help but weep. He told them, I have been longing for this day. All of a sudden, I have regained my home, my country, my officials, and my sons. I was imprisoned in Yoli for seven years and was resigned to die there of old age. But today, I can see the sun again and I am reunited with all of you. And yet, why do I feel so sad? His top minister, San Yisheng, consoled him, saying, King Tang, the founder of the Shang dynasty, was once imprisoned at Xiatai by the king of the previous dynasty. 
and yet, when he returned to his homeland, he proceeded to conquer the realm. Today, you have returned to your homeland. You can continue to enhance your governance and tend to your people, and wait for the right opportunity to make your move. Who knows, Youli could be your Xiatai. But Ji Chang said, Sir, your words are not my words, and they are not thoughts befitting a vassal. I committed an offense against the king, but fortunately, he didn't kill me. Even though I was in prison for seven years, it was nonetheless an act of kindness on the king's part, one that I can never repay. And then, he promoted me, gave me the symbols of authority, conferred upon me the power to subjugate rebels on his behalf, and allow me to come home. What immense kindness that is! I must fulfill my duty as his vassal and dedicate myself to serving the country. How can you suggest that I emulate King Tang? You must not allow other officials to get such ideas in their heads. That lecture convinced all his ministers, and Ji Fa now asked his father to change into royal regalia and get into a proper carriage. He did so, and then ordered the innkeeper to accompany him to Western Qi. All along the way, they were showered with cheers, joyous music, incense, and colorful decorations at every household. As Ji Shang sat inside his enclosed carriage, he could hear all the civilians shouting, We haven't gazed upon your heavenly visage for seven years. Today, you are coming home, and we eagerly yearn for one glimpse of you. Ji Chang obliged their wish. He climbed out of his carriage and rode on horseback, allowing the civilians to see him. At this, they roared, Our land has its master once more. And thusly did Ji Chang and his entourage emerge from Little Dragon Canyon. There, he saw all his officials lined up, along with his 98 sons. The only one missing was his eldest son, Bo Yikao. And that thought pained him to no end as he remembered how he had to swallow the buns made with Bo Yikao's flesh. As tears rolled down his cheeks, Ji Chang covered his face with his sleeve and chanted a song. Obeying the summons, I went to court. To right his conduct, I advised my lord. Framed by minions, I was thrown in jail. Without complaint, I suffered my misery. Then, filial Bo Yikao pleaded my suit. Innocent, he died playing the zither. Compelled to eat his flesh, my heart broke, till I was set free and a prince made. Fleeing, I lived for Thunderbolt's effort. Alive, I happily returned to my native land. Reunited with my family after many a year, it grieves my heart as Bo Yikao has disappeared. As he finished the song, Ji Chang suddenly cried out in agony and fell out of his saddle, his face as pale as paper. Everyone was startled and hurriedly helped him up. They held him in their arms and poured tea down his throat to revive him. Suddenly, Ji Chang started to puke. With a loud wretch, he threw up a clump of meat. It rolled on the ground, suddenly grew four legs and two long ears, and darted off toward the west. This repeated itself twice more as Ji Chang threw up three clumps of meat in all, and they all morphed into rabbits and ran off. Oh, and by the way, the Chinese characters for rabbit actually sound the same as the characters for puking up your son. Um, okay, that was freaky. Anyway, after their lord was done puking up rabbits, the entourage helped him to his feet, and they continued to the city of Western Qi and entered his palace. There, the prince Ji Fa tended to his father for several days, after which Ji Chang had recovered enough to hold court so all the officials gathered in the main hall to offer their congratulations. 
Ji Chang now summoned his top minister San Yisheng, who came forward and kowtowed on the ground. Ji Chang then recounted to him how he had managed to escape Shang territory with the help of his supernatural adopted son. San Yisheng then told him, My lord, your virtue and benevolence are felt across the land. Two-thirds of the realm now belongs to our state of Zhou, and you have earned the admiration of all the people. As the old saying goes, the virtuous are blessed with a hundred happinesses, while the wicked are plagued with a hundred calamities. You have returned home, just as a dragon returns to the sea and a tiger returns to the mountain. You should build up your strength and await your opportunity. Right now, four hundred marquises have already risen up in rebellion. This is because King Zhou has acted most wickedly. He has killed his wife and children, built the burning pillars and the serpent's pit, turned his officials into minced meat, laid waste to his father's laws, constructed the wine sea and the meat forest, killed his palace attendants, listened to Daji slander. But before San Yisheng could get to his point, the general Nan Gong Kuo got there first. He cut in and shouted, Now that our lord is back, it's time to avenge our prince. Right now we possess 400,000 stout troops and 60 generals. We should fight through the five passes, surround the capital, execute the likes of Fei Zhong and Da Ji, overthrow that degenerate king, and elevate another, so that the anger of the entire realm may be appeased. To see if Ji Chang will march against King Zhou, tune in to the next episode of the Chinese Lore Podcast. Thanks for listening.